Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's happening, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Diesel, can I get a check-in with you? Uh, how do I sound relative to early in the week? Any better? No better? Oh, Worse? you sound a lot better than you? what you did on Tuesday. You sound much better. Tuesday, okay. it sounded like you were doing the show with a clothespin on your nose. <laughs> like, you could tell that your sinuses Diesel. were just clogged full of that junk. D- dude, this is... I just want to tell you guys this, and maybe a lot of you guys listening are dealing with this right now. This is the gnarliest crud I've ever had. And when I say the crud, that's exactly what this is. Like, I only had a sore throat on the first day, all right? I don't have a fever, but I have never had more congestion in my life than this, okay? Had a doctor's appointment today. Unrelated to this, uh, had an upper endoscopy back in October. It was to go over that, you know, everything's good, you know, no, no problem. Uh, had a hiatal hernia from like uh, early 20s, so they check on that every once in a while. But all good, no problems. Um, and the guy said, yeah, he goes, Mark, everybody has this, and none of us know where it's coming from. And it's weird. Because it feels like the worst cold you ever had in your life. You know, you don't like I haven't had fevers or a lot of pain. You know, it's been draining, but uh, it's just brother like I am serious. I should be fined for the number of trees I'm cutting down with these tissues. Like I should be fined for this. It is insane. So anyway, happy to hear we're sounding better, by the way. Who was that that called into the Jim Rome show? Diesel, if you would be so kind, could we possibly hear the first 20, 30 seconds of that again? Who, who was this that you know that called into the Jim Rome show the other day and, uh, well, let's just say burn Jim's brownies? Here is the call. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Avery, North Carolina. Avery, what's your beef? Okay, we yeah, are uh, dealing with some with issues you, man. Uh, getting it's with to you. that. Do right people now? call you yeah. names that you're not? No, man. No, it's not Jarrah. It's Mr. Jones to you. You don't have any business calling him Jarrah. It's Mr. Jones. He's a Super Bowl champion. Get it right. That's who was that, ladies and gentlemen? That was Cole Bryson. Cole Bryson. <laughs> 
called into the Jim Rome Show. <laughs> Get it right, Jim. Get it right. Oh, Cole, the cojones on you, sir, to, to, uh, to be able to do that, willing to do that. Um, and Jim kept calling him Avery. And I want to, that might be Cole's middle name or something. So, uh, so anyway, Cole, you know, you cracked us up, brother. You cracked us up. <laughs> you went at him, but you went at him in a polite way, you know, a polite way. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. Cole, you, uh, you got some, man. You got some. How about these? How about these? All right, my friends, 844-326-3663 is uh, the number to get to us on the Renewal by Anderson fan phone. Texter says, my whole house has been fighting this crud for a month. I was the last to get it, and I'm at the end now. Yes, it sucks. So says Mongo. Texter says, uh, let's see here. Uh, Also, if you'd like to see old Jim, the Chargers visit Atlanta and Charlotte next year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mark, how about this impressive stat? Now that Harbaugh is back in the NFL, he has the highest winning percentage among active coaches. Pretty interesting stuff indeed. Texter says, Mark, the biggest pro from this is the Chargers just got a few million Michigan fans. We might actually have a home field environment now. You dropped a wee on the Chargers. Um, I've always been fascinated by this. If you were a Chargers fan... Are you still a Chargers fan when they leave your city? If you were a Raiders fan, are you still a Raiders fan when they leave your city? I think, Diesel, even more painful than losing your team is that they take your name as well. You know, when the Browns left Cleveland and went to Baltimore, that you know, at least they said, no, 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 the, the heritage here is too strong. You're going to be able to get a new franchise, and it's going to be the Browns. Baltimore can't take your name. It kind of feels like that should be the rule for everybody, right? Yeah, it's got to burn the city of New Orleans' ass that the Jazz are in Utah. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but Mormons aren't the most jazzy people. Not not at all. Not not the slightest. There is a ton of names that make no sense whatsoever. None. Okay? Like, uh, so, so many names just have no basis for relevancy. You know, they don't tie into anything. It's crazy how that works. So uh, I th- what do you guys think, by the way? If you were a Chargers fan, they leave San Diego, do you remain a Chargers fan if they're in Los Angeles? That's got to be the most confusing thing ever. At least if they took a different name, it would be an easier break for you. But your team looks the same. The vast majority of your team's games you're watching on TV anyway. They have the same players on the roster as a year ago. It's the hardest thing ever, right? Um, guys, Clemson's schedule released, revealed. Here's my takeaway. Where are the gimme games? You know, like, I look at the first three games of this sl- schedule specifically, and Clemson gets two bye dates this year, two open dates, because they play in week zero. Georgia in Atlanta, I Carumba. Uh, Carson Beck coming back. Uh, Cade Klubnick better be ready. But they open with Georgia, Appalachian State, and NC State. And, you know, Diesel, this is your opportunity to flex. Because you tell me what is Appalachian State supposed to be next year. 
they ended up kind of making something out of their season this year. And, you know, if you're a Clemson fan, you're looking at the schedule and saying, okay, thank God we got a break with Appalachian State after Georgia. Guess what? That's exactly what the Mountaineers want you to be thinking. You know, <laughs> hey, we've got this break after Georgia. We, we get to go home and rest against Appalachian State. Diesel, I'm looking at the schedule. Georgia, Appalachian State, NC State. Have you seen, do you recall the opening of a Clemson schedule that was, you know, this, this consistently solid, you know, with no break, no rest for the weary, nothing. Again, they have an open date, but NC State doesn't give you a break in terms of who they are and what they do. The first gimme opponent on Clemson's schedule is South Carolina on November 30th. Actually, wink, November 23rd against the Citadel is the first gimme opponent on Clemson's schedule. Diesel, what are the Mountaineers bringing to Clemson on uh, September 7th? Well, they're bringing back a quarterback who set the record for most touchdowns in a season, uh, set the single-season record as a JUCO transfer, who was supposed to be the backup, by the way. The QB1 broke his finger in the first game, compound fractured his finger, bone sticking out of the skin, and they said, hey, why don't you go in there and take over for a little bit while we get him some uh, medical attention? And he throws a touchdown on his first pass, as a Division One quarterback, goes on to set the single-season uh, touchdown record for App State, uh, bring back uh, wide receiver one, running back one, a uh, couple of tight ends. Like I, I'm not, I'm not here to say in any way, shape, or form that I'm calling an upset at this point. But I feel just as good about App State going into this game, knowing what Clemson has coming back at quarterback, which is a big old question mark, knowing that what's behind him is also a big old question mark. If Cade Klubnick comes out sputtering against Georgia, you guys can't feel good about going to Christopher Vizina at this point. So uh, I feel just as good going into this game as I felt going into Texas A&M, as I felt going into Miami, Penn State, Tennessee. Those are all games that App State either won or came very, very close to winning. Man, I'll tell you what. I will tell you this, Clemson is not above being in a 13-10 game in the third quarter with anybody, with anybody. Um, and so, like, you know your offense is capable of scuffling around. And I know you're excited about the receivers coming in, Moore and Wesco, and, but lately you haven't seen the development there. You know, this used to be wide receiver you. Now it's wide receiver transfer from you, right? So this, this is a program that it needs to get back to, especially if you're not going to use the transfer portal, the nuts and bolts of recruiting. Sincerely, 80-year-old in a 40-year-old's body. I'm Mark Ryan, and I approve this message. <laughs> great, to, great to be with you. Uh, Diesel was telling me that our friend Dave Schultz was busting my balls. Uh, you know, I felt a pain in the midsection yesterday, Diesel, at about 5.30-something p.m., and I was wondering, what is this? It was Dave Schultz. Dave Schultz absolutely busting my balls last night. Uh, elsewhere on the schedule, okay, so you got open with Georgia, Appalachian State, NC State, no breaks. Stanford is rebounding. You got the newbies in the ACC on the schedule, okay? You got at Florida State, 
at Wake Forest, Virginia, Louisville at home. Louisville could be a top 25 opponent again, especially when you consider what they have coming back. South Carolina at home, I'm going to say, is a win. Um, Unless Connor Stallions is going to be providing South Carolina with Clemson's playbook again. I consider that a win for, um, for Clemson. So the schedule ends, you know, respectably enough. No, November isn't bad. At Virginia Tech, at Pitt, these are kind of middling of the pack, bottom feeders in the ACC. Louisville, uh, November 2nd could be a challenge, right? To me, Diesel, again, we're going to be sitting here, and this is the danger for Clemson fans, is there's, you know as well as I do, okay, that one loss doesn't do you in, but two losses in the ACC expanded playoff just might. And there is every chance, right, that Clemson finds a way to stub their toe and lose not one but two of the first five games. Georgia at Florida State, Appalachian State, NC State, Stanford. Diesel, you could, I mean, Clemson could be an underdog against Georgia and Florida State. They definitely will be an underdog against Georgia. Um, we'll see Clemson of old versus Clemson of old DJ Uyangalale versus Clemson of new Cade Klubnick, what the line is going to be at Florida State. I'd imagine Clemson's going to be an underdog in that one. And then what happens some, somehow if you stumble against Appalachian State, NC State, or Stanford? What happens? You know, second year in a row. Uh, what happens? I mean, that's, that's not a pleasant thought for Clemson fans because the schedule lightens up after that. Wake Forest, Virginia. Louisville, Virginia Tech, Pitt, the Citadel, South Carolina. But those first, those first five games, man, Georgia, App State, NC State, Stanford, at Florida State, you know as well as I do, your job is to be 4-1 and one or better. That's your job. Well, here's a very interesting you question, Mark. It. Would losing to App State put Dabo Sweeney directly on the hot seat? I mean – We've gotten another legendary head coach fired. Lloyd Carr was fired the season after losing to App State. So uh, do you think that 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 loss, do you think that Clemson fans would bear the weight of that loss so much and think it was embarrassing to the point that you got to put Dabo in the hot seat? Of course. Especially if you lose to Georgia in embarrassing fashion. Diesel, I would say... If Clemson um, does not go 10-2 and two or better next year, Dabo's seat is warm for the first time. And I think Beamer's seat is warm right now. I think if Beamer drops a 6-6 six and six or worse next year, his seat goes from warm to hot entering 2025. I think Beamer could lose his job this year. I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. I think South Carolina would have to go 4-8 and eight or worse. They've got four gimme wins on the schedule. If those are the only games you win, Beamer could lose his job, okay? If they go 5-7, and seven, that sucks, but I think he comes back. If he goes 6-6, six and six, I mean, it's year four. Should be better than 6-6 six and six in year four, right? That's unimpressive. That's disappointing, but I think he comes back. I, I, you know, it's crazy to me that there's a possibility we've got two warm to hot seat coaches this time next year here in the Palmetto State. How crazy is that? 
All right. Up next on the show, when you declare your fandom, what are you rooting for exactly? It's the guy. It's a the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Existential question, and we'll ponder it with you next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Up State. Great to have you guys with us. So, guys... um, I want to just, you know, <laughs> I I don't know where this is going. Whenever I just have weird ponders and I don't know where to put them on the show, I'll throw them in a short segment, you know. But I I was thinking about this, Diesel, and I need your help because I'm I'm having all sorts of problems with this. Okay, from a sports fandom standpoint, it just hit me recently. I was thinking about Carolina Panthers fans and their plight, and I, I was just asking myself, when you declare your fandom. What are you rooting for exactly? Okay, like, well, the easy answer is, Mark, I'm rooting for the team. Are you? So the team are the players, right? But if they trade Bryce Young, you're still a fan of the Panthers. If they let Bryce Burns, uh, Brian Burns walk, you're still a fan of the Panthers. So what precisely are you a fan of? Are you a fan of the uniform? I mean, have they really roped you into dropping thousands of dollars just to support a uniform? And this isn't a Carolina Panthers question, per se. This, in, this is for everything, for every sport, for every team. When you declare your fandom, what are you rooting for exactly? And I wonder if we drilled this down to the very root cause, if there would be, we don't know the answer. It's, it's we're rooting for a feeling. You know, they, make, they give me the warm fuzzies. You know, I told you, they, one of my favorite movies of all time, Swingers, they got the scene in there, the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And it's like Inception. I hated that movie. I called it Encraption. Uh, it was just like how many dreams inside of a dream inside of a dream can you be in? Okay? Um, it's kind of an existential question on fandom, right? What do you think you're rooting for exactly when you pick your squad? It doesn't seem to be the players. Okay, because you can trade anybody and you're still a fan. Any coach can leave and you're still a fan. Okay, so it's not the players. You're not rooting for the players. Are you rooting for your city? Are you rooting for a uniform? Like I was Diesel, I was thinking about this the other day and I was because it, it was hitting me that Carolina Panthers fans keep going back. No matter what, they keep going back. 
And don't you think they have to ask themselves at some point, what am I rooting for? You know, am I rooting for the owner? No, that you hate him. Are you rooting for a head coach? No, he's going to be gone before the end of the year. Am I rooting for the quarterback? Uh, I'm not sure you saw enough from Bryce Young to, to like him. So what is it precisely, pray tell, when you pick your team that you are rooting for? Anybody? Bueller, Fry? I want to know what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. Do you know how to answer this, Diesel? Because I don't, clearly. <sighs> I think you're, you're rooting for the precise combination of chemicals that go off in your brain that make you happy when they do something good. <laughs> if that makes sense. So Diesel says you're rooting for a chemical reaction. <laughs> yeah, you're rooting for that dopamine hit in your brain. You know, I learned something a while ago, uh, a couple of years back, Mark, and this may fascinate you. It's pro- it'll probably, uh, it'll, it'll blow your mind, but it'll, it should make total sense, okay? Did you know that when you get a like on a photo that you post on Facebook, it yeah. sets off the exact same chemical response the dopamine hit in your brain as having sex the exact same dopamine hit now it may not be the same amount of dopamine that enters your system but you are getting a dopamine hit nonetheless the same exact chemical is hitting your brain when you get a like and when you get something you like well these i would say that a like is more like a flick and the sex is more like you're you're not you're not you're knocked out you're knocked the hell out, but it is interesting, and um, you know I've got a book that my sister got me. It's like the the psychology of sports fans, and it goes to show Diesel how like um, sports fans they have all of these rise and hormones while the game is going on. It's insane, you know. Um, dopamine is one of them, right? I forget the name of another one when you like adrenaline cuddling. No, when you're cuddling, there's a name for a chemical in your brain that is uh, really high. And I'm just, I've got like cold brain right now. I can't think of it. Texter says, Mark, uh, I loved the Bengals uniform when I was seven. I'm 45 now and I'm still a fanatic. So this texter says it's the uniform that you root for. Uh, Texter says, as a Panthers fan from the initial announcement, I'd say root for the Panthers as my last ditch effort to have regional pride. So you're rooting for regional pride. Texture says, I'm rooting for a uniform. Texture says, I'm rooting for bragging rights. Okay? Bragging rights. Texture says, well, y'all guys hit how many downloads last year? Y'all have got to be exhausted. You guys gave us a lot of dopamine, Texture. A lot. Oxytocin. That's the name of it, Diesel. Oxytocin. Is that the same thing as dopamine, or is it different? Um... Thank you, Texter. I appreciate every download you guys gave us. We really do. Okay, I'm going to ask our next guest that question because I think it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was thinking about it. The Gators have sucked. What am I rooting for? Is it the head coach? No. Is it the players on the team? I want them to do well because I want my team to do well. What is it specifically that I'm rooting for with the Florida Gators? It's a question I'd like you guys to think about. You know, existential question on sports. We have J.J. Hardy coming your way next here on Offsides, the Fan Upstate.
You know, we were talking about like oxytocin and dopamine in the last segment. <laughs> why, why do I get the sense there's songs that give you that, right? There's songs that give you that sense of dopamine. Uh, Alexa, play Celebrate. Okay, so listen to this. Alexa, volume 10. Alexa, volume 10. Can you, is that audible, Diesel? Can you hear that? Yeah, barely. We can hear that. Okay. That'll be enough, Alexa. Alexa! Off. Thank you. Um, Alexa and I, we have a very love-hate relationship. I get the sense, folks, you know, in a lot of places, in Los Angeles, for example, with the hire of Jim Harbaugh, that song is playing in the background. And songs give you the dopamine release. You talk to songs your Alexa the way you... I talk to my dog. Sit, sit, no, sit, sit, no, put it down, put it down, come back here, sit. You know, and when I talk to her like that, Diesel, she never responds to me anymore. It's amazing. It's amazing. She just keeps playing it. She keeps playing whatever she wants to play. It's crazy how that works. Um, so you get that dopamine hit from a song. In Los Angeles, they have the dopamine hit from the head coach. Why do I get the sense that nobody has that celebration feeling today in Charlotte? Woo, we got a guy. I didn't know who this guy was a month ago. Even if you're a football nerd, you didn't know who this guy was a year ago. You didn't know. Joining us right now is J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture. J.J., I get the sense that you and I are both battling through the crud we will come out on the other end, my friend. I am sure of it. I don't know yeah. how this happened. It must be the curse of the Tepper Tantrum. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say. But here we are, and I appreciate you joining me nonetheless. Uh, JJ, your initial reaction to this hire? I'm still trying to catch my breath from the gut punch. So Of? Gut punch of what? It's the gut punch of disappointment overall in the um, in the in the process of the hire. So let me just frame it like that. It's the it's the process of what led to Dave Canales. I was disappointed because there were so many, I think, high profile names available. Uh, guys with a lot of experience, you know, guys that we've seen be successful at the NFL level, guys that you can kind of like look at who they are and kind of connect dots to figure out how you can get to uh, having a successful franchise. And not saying that Dave Canales can't do that. It's just that if there were 10 names that we started this process with, if somebody could have asked me like which – name 10 guys that you would like to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, I wouldn't have named Dave Canales as one of them to begin this process. So when I think about at least six or seven of those guys still being available, and we ended up with a guy who was a relatively unknown um, NFL coach prospect a month or so ago, as you mentioned, Man, it's, it, it it just felt like a gut punch in that way. Not saying it's going to be a bad pick for the for the Panthers. Not saying that he won't be successful. 
It's just that I felt like there were better options. And then the reality hit that we didn't have a chance at a lot of those people that I hoped for because of who our owner is. And so that's the ultimate gut punch. JJ, what do you know of both Dan Morgan and Dave Canales' personalities that suggest they'll be able to push back, to to handle and deal with the stresses of working under Dave Tepper, or even to work positively and form synergy that we haven't seen uh, among other coaches and GMs with Dave Tepper? How do you think both of those guys, either of those guys, will be able to work with Mr. Tepper? Well, we definitely know Dan, Dan Morgan can work with David Tepper because he's been working under David Tepper since 2021. And the reason he was hired is because Dave Tepper knows that he's agreeable with him, right? He may have his own mind. He may have his own thoughts, you know, towards roster evaluation and some of the decisions that they've made um, since 2021. But there's no evidence to suggest that he ever objected to anything that they've done that led to where we are, you know, a 2-15 roster um, with a brand-new head coach. So I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that they will push back because the guy who we know Dave Tepper trusts hired the coach. And so I would think that the coach – understands, you know, what the situation is uh, from Dave, from from Dan um, Morgan. And he understands, like, in order for us to be successful here, we're going to have to do it the Tepper way. That's just what I feel as an outsider looking in. So I don't think that they'll be able to push back, per se. Maybe Dave Tepper elects to just ha- let them have more freedom to do it their way. But I think anytime he wants to swoop in, and ask questions or change the direction of things, I don't think they'll be able to push back from that or they'll find themselves fired too, right? You know, so, so you know, just sitting that aside, I think they have an opportunity to bring in a very positive uh, energy that the team can benefit from. Um, I think, I don't know, I mean, I'm, doing a lot of research today on, on Dave Canales. So everybody around the league, you know, they all are saying that he's a great guy, has great energy, has that juice that, you know, that you want people to have, you know, in that type of role. And he's strikingly handsome, JJ, strikingly he, he, handsome. You know, good-looking brother. You know, so yeah. <laughs> all, all the things, you know, that folks like, you know. But, you know, <laughs> I was joking uh, you know, with one of the Charlotte media personalities um, uh, just a few minutes ago, you know, who made, you know, a, a tweet about how handsome he is. And I was like, you know, well, that just tells me that, that our offensive line coach, Nicole Tepper, made that, that selection. Um, yeah. You know, she was <laughs> – Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> right. I think she had a little bit more weight in this decision-making process than we than we might have thought. But um, but anyway, you know, it's it, – they, you know, he has a positive energy about him that's been widely reported, you know, since yesterday. And if Dan Morgan is, is that same type of guy, then maybe, you know, positive energy always, you know, has positive results. You know, it may not be, 
you know, playoff results, but, you know, at least people are happy. So so we could benefit from that. But um, I'm just concerned because when you look at the fact that we, we fired a head coach this year, we fired a general manager, we hired the general manager's friend as a replacement, it led to believe that we was going on this full-blown GM search. So we weren't doing that. We were just looking for somebody to replace Samir Suleiman as the capologist. And then that guy who we, you know, played this little game with, you know, to, to promote to be a GM, you know, we, we hired him, and then he hires someone that he knew from back in the day in Seattle. Um, and so when I think about how much we may have improved since the end of the year, um, I mean, it's a, lot, it's a lot to be determined, but I don't think we have improved all that much on paper besides replacing the play caller. Yeah. Right? Because we you. don't know much about, you, yeah, we don't know much about Canales as a head coach, right? You know, he doesn't have any head coaching experience. I heard um, one of the reporters in Charlotte today said his only experience being a head coach was his JV team from the high school he graduated from back in California. So, uh, so yeah, you know, like <laughs> this is a pretty wild um, selection when you when you add in all the context. But at least they have some alignment, you know, with the relationship between Dan Morgan and and Dave Canales from their time in Seattle. It just seems kind of odd, man, when you think about Dave Tepper's some of his largest hires, his biggest hires, um, Scott Fitter in twenty twenty one. Uh, Dan Morgan as the assistant GM in 2021. You fire Dan Morgan, and then and then you fire Scott Fitterer, and then you replace him with Dan Morgan. Um, and then that person reaches back to a friend from Seattle. It's like Dave Tepper must have like secretly been envying like that old Seattle and Pete Carroll team uh, from a decade ago, and he finally has it in place. So um, you know we are Seattle right. East. That's right. Hey, uh, JJ, why the decision now? You know, uh, with with no decision for Ben Johnson, I know there there's a feeling he's going to be in the nation's capital. Bobby Slowick still out there. You know, a team always spins to you that they got the guy that they want, but you and I know that isn't true. You know, like a year ago, this franchise had a chance at Jim Harbaugh for crying out loud. Okay, <laughs> a year later, Dave Canales is their head coach a one-year offensive coordinator. So do, do you believe that they got official no's from the Slowick and Ben Johnson camp to go along with Belichick and Harbaugh? I think what they may have gotten, and, and, and honestly, just guessing here, I don't know if the, the no's were official, but there may have been some concerns from those head coach candidates who may have wanted to bring in their own GM, you know, like once they realized that Dan Morgan was the hire, right. Then they may have changed their mind on how they, you know, viewed this, this, this whole situation. And I'll give you like a point of reference over the weekend. I was at my daughter's volleyball tournament and I saw this uh, notification pop up that Mike Disner from the Detroit Lions had pulled his name out of the, the hat for the GM consideration, right? Well, Mike Disner was tied to the prospect of Ben Johnson potentially becoming the head coach. 
to me, this and the backing out, you know, was him knowing for sure I'm not going to have the role that I envisioned having when they invited me for the interview, right? It's going to be Dan Morgan. So they're going to have me doing some, you know, some supportive role to Dan Morgan if they hire me. Well, I'm not going to go to Carolina and be that. And once Ben Johnson realized that, that that's the case, then he probably was like, well, if I'm not going with my guy Mike Disner, then I'm going to Washington. I'm going to one of these other these other positions. I think with Bobby Sloyd, I think Bobby Sloyd took the interview because I think anybody looking for an opportunity should never decline an interview, right? You know, that's a bad thing in itself. Like, you want to show interest in, you know, in being promoted. So the Zoom interview, the first interview that occurred, I think, you know, that was a fill-out process for him. I think once he learned, you know, what Tepper and, you know, and, and Adam and um, – they, I always want to call Dan Morgan Adam Morgan, but with, with Dan Morgan, um, when he learned what their vision was for the team, he probably you know took a step back from it, you know, and thought about it. it was like you know, and discerned that maybe this is isn't a fit for me. You know, I have a better situation where I'm at as a coordinator than trying to go and fix the mess that they have in Carolina, the complete mess. You know, not just the quarterback situation, but the whole team and roster. Um, and I don't trust Dan Morgan to do it for me. So I think – I don't know if the no's were official, but I do think the the top candidates had a chance to see who Tepper was and, and how they operated and decided for themselves if they wanted to continue moving in that direction or not. And um, and I don't think the Carolina Panthers, even if they get a you – know, even if they got official um, – declinations from these guys, I don't think they would have ever uh, reported that because it would have put even more taint on an already bad situation. JJ, you know, it sounds to me like like Dave Tepper's new thing is really trying to prove how smart he is by outthinking the room and finding that diamond in the rough. I mean, you know, it's not working, Diesel. Yeah, it's you, not working. You think back to his last couple of hires, he's hired the can't miss college coach, which didn't work. He hired yeah. the experienced coach and the up-and-coming coach combo, thinking that maybe we could put some old school and new school together. Well, that didn't work. And now he's going with the inside man and the diamond in the rough that's kind of coming out of left field. It just seems like he's sort of like hunting and pecking, trying to figure something out and hope that this one sticks. Uh, I want to go back to the incident that happened a couple of months ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, with uh, with Dave Tepper throwing the drink on the fan and only being fined, was it $300,000 for that? To your knowledge, yeah. um, has there been any conversation at all among the other ownership uh, groups in the NFL about any further punishment? You know, we say that the only way the Panthers are going to get better is when they get rid of Dave Tepper, but owners don't really sell their teams very often. So in, in your mind or, or in, in the conversations you've had, has there been – Anything among those other owners that says, "Hey, Dave, that that was really wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You mess up one more time, we'll vote you out." No, um, I don't think that any of the owners have taken that stance. At least not collectively. Maybe there's some, you know, individual owners I know who saw that and cringed and may have thought it to themselves. But I don't have a feel for that being a consensus and. 
And honestly, I remember, I remember, you know, reading something or hearing one of the NFL pundits talk about it, you know, and they were basically saying, like, honestly, the way that a lot of these owners are set up, you know, they might have acted in the way that they would have acted just based on, you know, how, you know, billionaires, you know, kind of react to, to things and people, you know, jeering at them or whatever. So, uh, you know, money, money fixes a lot, you know, and so whenever you can just, uh, come off of three hundred thousand dollars like it's a drop in the bucket, then um, you know, maybe the throwing the drink was worth it in their eyes. I'm not saying obviously I'm not agreeing with anything that they Tepper did that day. I'm just saying that the way that um that the high echelon class, you know, views things, you know, might not be as critical, you know, as us um normal um <laughs> compensated human beings. And so um so anyway I I, I don't think you know, there's going to be any repercussions for for what Tepper did, and and it may it may be different um, if we were a more high profile organization, right? Because when you're a more high profile organization, and you know you've been winning, and you know is is an interesting um, dynamic in sports. You know, when you win a lot, then everybody you know wants to look for something to to tear you down with, and so. Um, but when you but when you suck like we have like nobody cares you know so I think at the end of the day you know just being the worst team um, in the NFL and Dave Tepper having to try to climb you know out of the hole that he's very you know they've dug for himself I think the owners probably look at it like you know the worst punishment you can have is owning your own team right you know because that's <laughs> miserable by itself right. And so, um, so yeah, you I have single handedly ruined your reputation, sir. Single handedly, yeah, like that's you, the worst punishment keep, we can give you. Yeah, and you keep digging your hole deeper. So, like, you're punishing yourself way worse than we could do it to you. You know, so, uh, so I think that's where they are with it. To tell you the truth, there you go. Um, so, let me ask you this, uh, JJ, because I have kind of an existential sports fan question for you that came to my mind thinking about Carolina Panthers fans, okay? And here it is. When you declare your fandom, what are you rooting for exactly? Okay, like, are you rooting for the players? No, because the players can leave. Brian Burns can walk. You're still going to be a Carolina Panthers fan, okay? Right. Um, Are you rooting for a uniform? I don't know. Are you rooting for a city? You're not rooting for a head coach. You're sure as hell not rooting for this for this owner. You want the owner to find success because it brings you joy if the owner does something good, right? Wins bring you happiness. Diesel yeah. said wins bring you dopamine release. But yeah. have you thought about this? I mean, I've thought about this in the sense of Carolina Panthers because the football has been so bad, JJ. And <laughs> the, you know, the the lack of continuity on the team has been so pronounced. Different head coach every year quarterback every year you know like what is the team what is it that you root for well I think it's different for everybody right I think you know if we just stick to football I think most people's football um, allegiance and affiliation you know kind of starts at like the high school level right where you know like your team um, is representative of the school that you attend and, you know, and, and we go to war every Friday night, you know, to defend our name, to defend our, you know, the high school name. And, you know, when you're from 
places like I'm from in South Carolina, like Union High School and now Union County High School, um, you know, we were a small town. So, like, the only way that we could show that we were on the level of the Spartanburgs and the Gaffneys and, and the, you know, and the, the, you know, the teams in the upstate broom and, you know, dormant, we had to be, we had to show it on the football field, right? We were a small town full of, you know, little country dudes or big country dudes, you know, but, you know, we may not have all the things you have. We don't have Chick-fil-A's and we don't have all that, but we have good football, right? And when I look at the Carolina Panthers, I'm just speaking for me because I think it's different for every fan. I look at the Carolina Panthers as a as a team that represents my region of the country, right? Um, and I didn't grow up, you know, I'm, I'm older than the Panthers, so I grew up a 49ers fan, you know, and so my fandom was across the country. Um, and in the beginning, these two teams were in the same conference and, and they battled each other, but I always had love for Carolina. But when I dedicated my fandom to Carolina, it was largely because when I went to that stadium in Charlotte for the first time, I saw people who, you know, I want to say they all looked like me, but we sounded alike, you know, we liked the same things. And I didn't have that same experience when I went to San Francisco. And so I wanted to be part of something that felt like home. And so, yeah, you're right. You know, we're going to root for the team regardless of who the coach is, regardless of who the starting quarterback is, and regardless of who the owner is. You know, you know players come and go, coaches come and go, um, but the people remain, right? And so, but, you know, when you are as small as we are, you know, when you are a place like the Carolinas, you don't have a whole lot, you know, to, to, to root for. Um, in terms of comparing yourself to like larger cities that have just have so much of everything. So like having a good football team matters, just like it matters in green Bay, right? You know, it, it matters to those people like football should matter to the folks in Carol in the Carolinas. And especially right there in Charlotte, because it's, it's not all we got, but it's like, it's a big part of our identity as sports fans. And so um, I just, I, I hope, you know, for whatever reason people have, um, that they can hold on to something that keeps them motivated while we try to figure out how to win again. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tough being a fan right now. And then, you know, you got to, you know, the fan base wants to believe so bad to where, you know, they know that the owner is making bad decisions, but like everything that is offered that's new, they just, they want so desperately to believe in it, you know, without looking at all the details around it that still, you know, reeks of, you know, the bad things that's been done in the past. And so, um, but regardless of that, uh, I, I admire people who can stay positive um, and find something to cling to, uh, to stay positive with, but it's, it's difficult, man. And uh, and I'm a pretty optimistic guy, you know, but I would say for myself personally, it's the pride of where we're from, right? You know, we are, you know, a unique set of people, um, you know, in the region of the country where we're from, you know, North Carolina and South Carolina are not the same, you know, but this team brings us together. And so I think that's something that we can share as a region. And I just want us to, you know, to be a place, you know, where the other, you know, larger markets, when they look at, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they look at us as a serious football team. The way that we look up to Green Bay, you know, as a serious football team, small place, serious football people. That's what I think, you know, the Carolina Panthers should want, you know, for for us as fans and for themselves as an organization. 
I really appreciate you answering that question the way you did, JJ. Really, really did. I think that's, I think that's something, you know, Panthers fans, I've had a number of them on our station say, I'm leaving this team. Like I, and <laughs> for those of you who have, have, you know, began with this team in 1995, there is no option to leave. You know, like <laughs> there is no opt out. Like you have signed up for this life. You know, yeah. it is a marriage that you cannot exercise your right to divorce in. So, J.J., uh, we hope you feel better, uh, my friend, and uh, we appreciate you so much, and we always like the conversation. Thank you. No, no, thank you. I hope you feel better, okay, bud? I appreciate it. Same to you, man. All right, take care. J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture, right here on The Fan Upstate. We've got the top five at five coming your way next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.